Today is April 6th. This is Verses and Flow. I'm Jennifer, and I am so grateful that you're here today. If you are just joining me for this journey, this is the podcast where we're reading through the Bible in a year and discovering how God's Word can transform and is transforming our lives. We are on day number 96 of this trek through the Word. We're also in the midst of Holy Week, and today is Holy Thursday, also known as Maundy Thursday. Maundy Thursday. The very phrase intimates a sense of loss. Maundy has that phonetic quality that evokes feelings of sadness, maybe because it sounds similar to mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. This feature of language is fascinating to me. It's called phonesthesia, and it refers to how the sounds of certain words make us feel certain ways. Phonesthesia is a key part of the history of language because it helps us understand how we process information in our brains. But Mondi is not just a sad sounding word. It's also a word with deep meaning. It comes from the Latin word mandatum, meaning commandment from the commandment that Jesus gave to his disciples at the Last Supper, which took place on this Thursday. Love one another as I have loved you, John 13, 34. Jesus knelt down and washed the disciples' dirty, grimy feet. A humble act of service and love that is unparalleled. The Savior bending down on his knees and washing his disciples' feet. He knew his time on earth was coming to an end and My guess is that he wanted to leave them with something to remember him by. He served them the Lord's Supper and told him to remember that as a symbol of his body and blood that would be broken and shed for us. Love one another as I have loved you. What a profound message, profound gift, and a profound challenge. Are we loving people like this? Now, there was a lot going on on this Thursday because he also predicted his betrayal by Judas and his denial by Peter. After the supper, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples. There, he prayed in agony to his father, asking if there was any way, if there was any other way to save us from our sins. He also asked his disciples to watch and pray with him, but they fell asleep twice. And then came the betrayal. Judas led a mob to arrest him, betrayed him with a kiss. He was taken to the high priest's house where he was falsely accused and condemned by the Jewish leaders. He was also denied by Peter three times before the rooster crowed. It was a rough night. And these events are a testament to the immense love Jesus has for us. He loved us to the very end, even though he knew the immense suffering that was to come. He faced his death with resolve and obedience for us, despite the overwhelming sorrow, suffering, and pain. Let's consider that as we move into our reading today. Uh, We're going back into Deuteronomy, where we'll bear witness to Moses' final words to the Israelites before they're going into their land of promise. Moses reminds them of the covenant that God made with them at Mount Sinai and warns them of the consequences of breaking it. Oh, and we're about to lose Moses too, and I'm so sad. I don't know how these weeks in the Word keep lining up like this. 
It would happen that the same week that we're going to the cross on the Western calendar is the same week that Moses dies and that we still have to cover the Passion in Luke, which is probably going to be next week, and then again in John. It doesn't happen like this every year, like where all of these events coincide. It just depends on how Easter falls. But this is where we are, and we have to keep going, so let's do it. Deuteronomy chapters 29 and 30, Contemporary English Version. The Agreement in Moab. So Moses finished telling the Israelites what they had to do in order to keep the agreement the Lord was making with them in Moab, which was in addition to the one the Lord had made with them at Mount Sinai. The third speech, Israel must keep its agreement with the Lord. The Lord is your God. Moses called the nation of Israel together and told them, When you were in Egypt, you saw the Lord perform great miracles that caused trouble for the king, his officials, and everyone else in the country. He has even told you, For forty years I, the Lord, led you through the desert, but your clothes and your sandals didn't wear out. And I gave you special food. I did these things so you would realize that I am your God. But the Lord must give you a change of heart before you truly understand what you have seen and heard. When we first camped here, King Sihon of Heshbon and King Og of Bashan attacked, but we defeated them. Then we captured their land and divided it among the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and East Manasseh. Keep the agreement. Moses said, Israel, the Lord has made an agreement with you, and if you keep your part, you will be successful in everything you do. Today, everyone in our nation is standing here in the Lord's presence, including leaders and officials, parents and children, and even those foreigners who cut wood and carry water for us. We are at this place of worship to promise that we will keep our part of the agreement with the Lord our God. In this agreement, the Lord promised that you would be his people and that he would be your God. He first made this promise to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And today, the Lord is making this same promise to you. But it isn't just for you. It is also for your descendants. When we lived in Egypt, you saw the Egyptians worship disgusting idols of wood, stone, silver, and gold. Then, as we traveled through other nations, you saw those people worship other disgusting idols. So make sure that everyone in your tribe remains faithful to the Lord and never starts worshiping gods of other nations. If even one of you worships idols, you will be like the root of a plant that produces bitter, poisonous fruit. You may be an Israelite and know all about the Lord's agreement with us, but he won't bless you if you rebel against him. You may think you can get away with it, but you will cause the rest of Israel to be punished along with you. The Lord will be furious, and instead of forgiving you, he will separate you from the other tribes. Then he will destroy you by piling on you all the curses in the book of God's law, and you will be forgotten forever. The Lord will strike your country with diseases and disasters. Your descendants and foreigners from distant countries will see that your land has become a scorching desert of salt and sulfur, where nothing is planted, nothing sprouts, and nothing grows. It will be as lifeless as the land around the cities of Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, and Zeboim, after the Lord became angry and destroyed them. People from other nations will ask, why did the Lord destroy this country? Why was he so furious? And they will be given this answer. 
Our ancestors worshiped the Lord, but after he brought them out of Egypt and made an agreement with them, they rejected the agreement and decided to worship gods that had never helped them. The Lord had forbidden Israel to worship these gods, and so he became furious and punished the land with all the curses in the book of God's law. Then he pulled up Israel by the roots and tossed them into a foreign country where they still are today. The Lord our God hasn't explained the present or the future, but he has commanded us to obey the laws he gave to us and our descendants. The Lord will bring you back. Moses said to Israel, I have told you everything the Lord your God will do for you, and I've also told you the curses he will put on you if you reject him. He will scatter you in faraway countries, but when you realize that he is punishing you, return to him with all your heart and soul and start obeying the commands I have given to you today. Then he will stop punishing you and treat you with kindness. He may have scattered you to the farthest countries on earth, but he will bring you back to the land that had belonged to your ancestors and make you even more successful and powerful than they ever were. You and your descendants are stubborn, but the Lord will make you willing to obey him and love him with all your heart and soul, and you will enjoy a long life. Then the Lord your God will remove the curses from you and put them on those enemies who hate and attack you. You will again obey the laws and teachings of the Lord, and he will bless you with many children, large herds and flocks, and abundant crops. The Lord will be happy to do good things for you, just as he did for your ancestors. But you must decide once and for all to worship him with all your heart and soul and to obey everything in the book of God's law. Choose life, not death. Moses said to Israel, you know God's laws, and it isn't impossible to obey them. His commands aren't in heaven, so you can't excuse yourselves by saying, How can we obey the Lord's commands? They are in heaven, and no one can go up to get them, then bring them down and explain them to us. And you can't say, How can we obey the Lord's commands? They are across the sea, and someone must go across, then bring them back and explain them to us. No. These commands are nearby, and you know them by heart. All you have to do is obey. Today, I am giving you a choice. You can choose life and success or death and disaster. I am commanding you to be loyal to the Lord, to live the way he has told you, and to obey his laws and his teachings. You are about to cross the Jordan River and take the land that he is giving you. If you obey him, you will live and become successful and powerful. On the other hand, you might choose to disobey the Lord and reject him. So I'm warning you that if you bow down and worship other gods, you won't have long to live. Now I call the sky and the earth to be witnesses that I am offering you this choice. Will you choose for the Lord to make you prosperous and give you a long life? Or will he put you under a curse and kill you? Choose life. Be completely faithful to the Lord your God. Love him and do whatever he tells you. The Lord is the only one who can give life, and he will let you live a long time in the land that he promised to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Luke chapter 11 verse 37 through chapter 12 verse 7.
Jesus condemns the Pharisees and teachers of the law of Moses. When Jesus finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him home for a meal. Jesus went and sat down to eat. The Pharisee was surprised that he did not wash his hands before eating. So the Lord said to him, You Pharisees claim the outside of cups and dishes, but on the inside you are greedy and evil. You fools! Didn't God make both the outside and the inside? If you would only give what you have to the poor, everything you do would please God. You Pharisees are in for trouble. You give God a tenth of the spices from your garden, such as mint and rue. But you cheat people, and you don't love God. You should be fair and kind to others and still give a tenth to God. You Pharisees are in for trouble. You love the front seats in the synagogues, and you like to be greeted with honor in the market. But you are in for trouble. You are like unmarked graves that people walk on without even knowing it. A teacher of the law of Moses spoke up. Teacher, you said cruel things about us. Jesus replied, You teachers are also in for trouble. You load people down with heavy burdens, but you won't lift a finger to help them carry the loads. Yes, you are really in for trouble. You build monuments to honor the prophets your own people murdered long ago. You must think that was the right thing for your people to do, or else you would not have built monuments for the prophets they murdered. Because of your evil deeds, the wisdom of God said, I will send prophets and apostles to you, but you will murder some and mistreat others. You people living today will be punished for all the prophets who have been murdered since the beginning of the world. This includes every prophet from the time of Abel to the time of Zechariah, who was murdered between the altar and the temple. You people will certainly be punished for all of this. You teachers of the law of Moses are really in for trouble. You carry the keys to the door of knowledge about God, but you never go in and you keep others from going in. Jesus was about to leave, but the teachers and the Pharisees wanted to get even with him. They tried to make him say what he thought about other things so they could catch him saying something wrong. Warnings. As thousands of people crowded around Jesus and were stepping on each other, he told his disciples, Be sure to guard against the dishonest teaching of the Pharisees. It is their way of fooling people. Everything that is hidden will be found out, and every secret will be known. Whatever you say in the dark will be heard when it is day. Whatever you whisper in a closed room will be shouted from the housetops. The One to Fear my friends, don't be afraid of people. They can kill you, but after that, there is nothing else they can do. God is the one you must fear. Not only can he take your life, but he can throw you into hell. God is certainly the one you should fear. Five sparrows are sold for only a few cents, but God doesn't forget a single one of them. Even the hairs on your head are counted. So don't be afraid. You are worth much more than many sparrows. Psalm 78, verses 1 through 31. A special psalm by Asaph. What God has done for his people. My friends, I beg you to listen as I teach. I will give instruction and explain the mystery of what happened long ago. 
These are the things we learned from our ancestors, and we will tell them to the next generation. We won't keep secret the glorious deeds and the mighty miracles of the Lord. God gave his law to Jacob's descendants, the people of Israel, and he told our ancestors to teach their children so that each new generation would know his law and tell it to the next. Then they would trust God and obey his teachings without forgetting anything God had done. They would be different from their ancestors, who were stubborn, rebellious, and unfaithful to God. The warriors from Ephraim were armed with arrows, but they ran away when the battle began. They broke their agreement with God, and they turned their backs on his teaching. They forgot all he had done, even the mighty miracles he did for their ancestors near Zoan in Egypt. God made a path in the sea and piled up the water as he led them across. He guided them during the day with a cloud, and each night he led them with a flaming fire. God made water flow from rocks he split open in the desert, and his people drank freely as though from a lake. He made streams gush out like rivers from rocks. But in the desert, the people of God Most High kept sinning and rebelling. They stubbornly tested God and demanded from him what they wanted to eat. They challenged God by saying, Can God provide food out here in the desert? It's true, God struck the rock and water gushed out like a river, but can he give his people bread and meat? When the Lord heard this, he was angry and furious with Jacob's descendants, the people of Israel. They had refused to trust him, and they had doubted his saving power. But God gave a command to the clouds, and he opened the doors and the skies. From heaven he sent grain that they called manna. He gave them more than enough, and each one of them ate this special food. God's mighty power sent a strong wind from the southeast, and it brought birds that covered the ground like sand on the beach. Then God made the birds fall in the camp of his people near their tents. God gave his people all they wanted and each of them ate until they were full. But before they had swallowed the last bite, God became angry and killed the strongest and best from the families of Israel. Proverbs chapter 12, verses 19 and 20. Truth will last forever. Lies are soon found out. An evil mind is deceitful, but gentle thoughts bring happiness. Now, I did have half a commentary written, but it is 10.56 p.m. on Wednesday night, and I couldn't pull it together because y'all know I work for a church, right? It is the week before Easter Sunday. We are doing a relaunch and moving to two services, and so we are doing all the things this week, and I needed to hurry up and get this done so that the people who helped me get this done don't have to be up to three in the morning. Are y'all praying for us over here, my little team and me, Shannon and Sam? I am so incredibly grateful for both of you. I only get to do this because of you, and it's not going to be like this always. I promise. Watch what I tell y'all. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love, your sacrifice, and for everything that you've done for us everything that you're doing for us. Lord, thank you for leading by example and showing us how to serve one another. Thank you for establishing a new covenant with us, for delivering us from sin and death and leading us in your perfect ways, Lord, because we are not perfect, far from it. We mess up all the time. 
And Lord, we are so sorry for betraying you, for denying you, and for rejecting you. We are sorry for the hurt and for the heartache that we cause you. Lord, we're sorry that we don't listen. We're sorry that we've been hypocritical and rebellious. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness and your grace. Lord, we ask for your peace and your joy. Lord, we need your presence and your guidance. We need your cleansing. We need your holiness. Lord, we need and want a real relationship with you. And we know that to have that, we have to submit fully to you. And we have to get to know you better. And that is what we want because we trust you no matter what. We trust that you know what's best for us and that you only want what is best for us. We trust you with our lives, with our future, with our problems, with our worries. We trust you with our souls and our bodies. We trust you with everything. And Lord, we want your kingdom, your glory, and your will above all else. We offer our lives and our hearts to you. We give you our praise and our worship. Lord, we honor you. We are doing the best that we can to show you our love and our loyalty. We are giving you everything we've got, and we're praying, Lord, that you would meet us where we are today, wherever that is. Help us to follow and obey you by giving us the strength, the wisdom, and the grace to live out your will. Lord, we pray all of these things in your Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. And our affirmation for today is just three words. Thankful, loved, forgiven. And our aphorism. Religion is a means. Relationship is an end. I don't normally do this, but today I'm going to explain this aphorism because I think the word religion has gotten a bad rap. There is nothing inherently wrong with religion as long as you understand that religion is not the ultimate goal or purpose of life. It's a tool, a way to help us achieve a deeper and more meaningful connection with God and others. However, relationship is something that we value and pursue for its own sake, not for some ulterior motive or benefit. Relationship is about experiencing a sense of connection, belonging, and intimacy, and it's what brings us joy, fulfillment, and purpose, which is something that cannot be achieved solely through religious practices. Relationship especially with God, is the end goal. It is the very reason why we were created. And before I go, I just want to take a moment to express once again my deepest, sincerest gratitude. I am so honored to share this journey with you. I really mean that. And I pray every single day that this podcast is enriching your life in some way, that it's a source of inspiration and encouragement for you. Please continue to rate it, share it, post and comment. If you ever feel led to support my labor of love and help me creating more content like this, you can do that at versusandflow.com. Every little bit helps and I am grateful for your generosity, your collaboration, and your belief in me and this work. Know that I appreciate your support in whatever way it shows up. Just having you here with me is a blessing. I pray that God blesses you richly in all that you do. That is all I have for you today. 
Thank you for being here with me in all my quirks, antics, and soul-bearing moments. May your perspectives be illuminated and your path made clear as you go forth in this journey we call life. You belong here and we belong together on this journey. I love you and I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.